Against the gray, dull asphalt of the Harvard Science Center, three colorful trucks park side by side. Flocks of students, tourists, and Cambridgians gather around eagerly waiting for the order of falafels, Vietnamese sandwiches, and Thai iced teas. Bon Mi, a daily site and name well-known by Harvard affiliates and the Boston-Cambridge community, is spotted with a light blue exterior and a cartoonish carrot logo plastered on the side. These trucks have been coming to the Harvard Science Center since 2013, when Bon Mi first decided to sell its lunches to students. The trucks occupy space every day in the Harvard Science Center, a common spectacle to students and Cambridge residents. I walk past these trucks on the way to class. I walk past these trucks on the way to my dorm. And I walk past these trucks on a Friday night. But what do I know about the stories behind the food trucks and their founders? Thanks for listening to Gouda Conversations, a tasty food podcast and interview series for WERB by Jess Ang, exploring topics of race, class, and gender in the food and restaurant industry. Food trucks have a long, storied history. Historical and more recent food trucks, including the sausage and wiener mobiles, ice cream trucks, and taco trucks, date back to the 19th century. In essence, food trucks have existed for a long time, but were only officially accepted as a respectable gourmet alternative to the restaurant business until very recently. In a 2009 New York article, reporter Bryant Erstalt recognizes that food trucks have now transcended its roach coach classification and is now a respectable venue for aspiring chefs to launch their careers. I interviewed two of the pioneers in the Boston-Cambridge food truck industry over the course of two episodes. In my first interview, I reached out to Patrick Lynch, founder and CEO of Bon Me. Patrick Lynch is an alumnus of Harvard College from 2005 who got into the food truck business after entering the city of Boston's food truck contest in 2010. Since their conception, Bon Me has opened up eight food trucks, seven restaurants, and two food carts. In this interview, we explore his career into the food truck business and his role as the CEO for a food company. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy these conversations. My name is Patrick Lynch. graduated from Harvard in 2001, and I'm, uh, I'm the owner and CEO of the Bon Me Food Truck. Um, we operate the truck on campus. We've been here, I think, since 2013, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. So after you graduated college, what did what was your career path like? Did you immediately go into the food business or were you something, were you doing something else before then? Uh, well, I graduated with a degree in economics and I went and worked on Wall Street for a while after, which I think is probably a fairly, uh, fairly stereotypical path. I didn't really, really know what I wanted to do at that point, but I ended up working um, at Citigroup doing investment banking and then derivatives trading for about six, um, about six years. And then, um, I left, and I ended up studying urban planning at MIT um, with a focus on environmental policy and planning. And after that program finished, I was looking for jobs and doing transportation planning. And um, while applying for a job with the city of Boston, I actually saw um, that they had a food truck contest on their website. And um, I mentioned it to um, my business partner, Allison, who is a chef, and she got very excited and said we should enter. And so I um, uh, worked with her. We put together a business plan and a menu, and um, we ended up winning the contest, which um, got us a spot on City Hall Plaza for the next summer. So we, um, we built a truck that winter and opened for business in 2011. 
So the competition part sounds pretty interesting to me. Do you have any sort of stories from that competition? Like, how did how was the process of organizing? Was it very stressful? Um, uh, did you encounter many problems? Because it was like it was your first time doing something related to food business and uh, first time like dipping your toes into the industry. So I guess how did you evolve in that situation? Yeah, I had never worked in food before, so it was quite a. Um... Uh, it was quite a change. I never really even, even entering the contest, I never thought I was going to end up um, being part of a food business. It was just kind of a thing to do for fun. And then it just kind of like picked up its own momentum along the way. We, um, uh, there were a number of rounds in the contest and the first round was just putting together a concept, which was just like a, you know, a write up and a sample menu and so on and a simple business plan. And that was all pretty easy and stuff I was familiar with. Um, and, um, you know, I had eaten out a lot, so it's pretty easy to come up with a, you know, with a idea for food concept and, um, and just, uh, you know, and just like put some numbers around it. So that part was pretty simple. But then once we got moved on to the second round, we had to um, do a lot more work. We had to make a, um, we had to do web voting. So we had to like bring in all our um, friends and get them to support us. We had to make a video. Um, I'd never made a video before, so I had to learn some uh, some video editing skills, and we um, uh, and we put together a short, like uh, one minute video that was like uh, duped off the Brady Bunch theme song. Um, we did the Bon Me Truck, um, so that's actually still up on YouTube if you search for us. And then um, and then we had to do an in person taste test on City Hall Plaza, which was pretty intimidating. That was the hardest part for me, I think, because I had never really done food service, and we had to produce food for like 300 people. It was just like a lot to cook, and like um, you know, one's kitchen at home. It's just uh, there were like pots and pans everywhere, and um, we had to load everything up in like a, it was like a Honda Accord and like drive to City Hall Plaza. And all the other finalists were existing food businesses, so like Clover was a finalist and Mama Goose, and they both had food trucks already. And one of the other finalists had a food truck, and another had a catering business. So they had all this equipment, and we just like showed up with our uh, with our Accord, and we're like unloading everything from the back. And um, but you know it worked out, so. That's super cool. Um, typically, like you, like the only competition I guess I heard about food trucks was the Great Food Food Truck Race on Food Network, oh, yeah. um, and how that how there are already existing food trucks. But it seems like you came up with a concept because of this contest. Um, so I guess what was the process of coming up with the idea of your cuisine, and um, like how did you talk it out and strategize? Yeah. So. Um... Having worked in New York, I was always looking for, like, quick, healthy lunch options, ones that were, like, um, you know, good, but also, like, not overly heavy or greasy and, um, you know, could be uh, assembled quickly and would give you a little bit of choice but not be, like, too, you know, too much to deal with at lunch. And so I think that... um, you know, I thought that we could do something that would be like um, Vietnamese food because it has a lot of fresh vegetables and is like pretty good for you and is like pretty interesting too. And that's something that we could do on a truck pretty easily. Um, Allison is, she's Chinese and she um, she had studied um, uh, 
she has a degree in culinary arts from the Culinary Institute of America. So, and she'd worked at um, several nice restaurants in New York, including she she had been working at an upscale upscale Asian restaurant there for a while. And so she had pretty good training, both um, you know in Chinese food from like eating at home, and then also um, in like Southeast Asian food from her her restaurant experience. And so that that was a pretty good fit with like her skill set. Um, and we thought it would be like a, a good addition to downtown Boston. You know, at that time there weren't really many lunch concepts doing um, doing healthy food. It was a lot of like subs and pizza and things like that. So um, we thought this would be a good um, uh, it would fill a good hole in the market. It seems like both none of you are like have a direct con- uh, connection to Vietnamese culture. Did you end up, you know, getting some people to help you craft the recipes? Did you guys visit Vietnam in any way? Or um, how did you make sure that it was both authentic, but also like fulfilled the mission that you set out to do, which is healthy and um, practical, I guess. I've never been to Vietnam. I don't think Allison has either. Um, she had eaten a lot of Vietnamese food growing up. Um, there, especially um, when she lived in New York, there's a very strong Vietnamese community there and a lot of banh mi shops in, uh, in Chinatown there. And um, there's certainly a pretty a pretty good um, set in Dorchester here as well. So um, she had had a lot of exposure to the food. Um, our food actually has a lot of Chinese influence in it. And um, so I don't think we're... Um, you know, neither at that time and certainly not now were we, like, trying to be authentic Vietnamese. Um, our sandwich is kind of the the most traditional Vietnamese dish. And then the, the rice noodle salad that we do is also um, reasonably Vietnamese. But the rice bowls are much more of a Chinese dish. And um, a lot of the fillings we use and so on are either from Southeast Asia or from, um, you know, other things that use similar ingredients like the, um, jerk chicken special we have, which, um, jerk chicken is, um, is a dish that has Chinese influence in it because of immigration patterns, but certainly isn't an authentic dish. A question that I'm sort of interested in is the concept of combining two cultures and, you know, introducing this to an audience who might not be, you know, so much aware of like where these food concepts are coming from did you ever think about this in your business plan and sort of how did you if so like um what were some of the nuances of that thought yeah this is a little bit of a tricky topic i think we um you know i think that's something that any any place that is serving food from another cuisine but also targeting uh you know like a primarily kind of like um, American audience is going to have to grapple with. Um, there's certainly a pretty well-established set of like Americanized Chinese dishes and, um, you know, like, uh, what is it, like General Tso's chicken or things like that. And we tried to stay away from doing stuff like that. So um, I think we tried to start with, um, you know, with dishes that were more typically Vietnamese or Chinese and then, like, adapt them both to, like, reduce the set of ingredients because we're working on a truck and also to um, make them a little bit more approachable to our audience. Um, You know, I think we also kept a strong focus on trying to make sure that um, our food stayed healthy. Um, So we, like, for instance... um, Brown rice is a much bigger seller for us than white rice, and that's it's not like a like a traditional dish, but it's something that um, you know our customers want, and so you know we we started selling it, and it's been a um, a big hit, I think. Um, 
it is it is tricky, and I think that people um, sometimes will get the reaction like, um, you know, I can get uh, a better Bun Me in Dorchester for you know four dollars, or like this isn't you know real Vietnamese food or whatever. And I we're not really trying to do that, and I think that there are a lot of great options. Um, you know, in Chinatown or in Dorchester for people that want authentic food. And I don't think that it makes sense for us to try to compete with that. Um, I think we're trying to offer something that's, um, that's like probably a little bit more approachable to most people. And um, say like, um, you know, is, is somewhat more tied to like American flavors and American tastes. Again, like brown rice, I think like using soba noodles have been, um, you know, a big hit as well. And I think we've always been willing to kind of like adapt um, the ingredients we're using based on like what's selling and what people like and not um, feel the need to stay, to stay tied to the traditional dishes. So it's given us a good, um, you know, um, it's given us a little more flexibility to experiment without um, feeling like we need to be tied to um, keep everything authentic. That's an interesting idea because um, when you look at different cultures, some people are just you know, adverse to like going straight into authentic culture, especially people who aren't, you know, used to the culture or experiencing it for the first time. So I, I sort of see your truck as a way, like a gateway into authentic culture because it has Chinese, Vietnamese and American influences. And so I guess people who wouldn't normally try Vietnamese food would sort of gravitate to your truck and then maybe be exposed to this world of other food. Oh, I wanted to, I want to know about your experiences of opening the truck. Yeah, so we, we opened our truck in 2011, and the um, the permitting environment and the food truck scene has changed a lot since then. We were kind of lucky to be a little bit ahead of when food trucks became really popular. So when we opened, I think there were only a couple other food trucks. Um, I should say a couple other of the like kind of like modern branded food trucks operating um, in the Boston area. I think Roxy's opened about a month before us, and Clover had opened... Um, at least the previous fall, so um, I think they had been around for uh, maybe a year. I mean, I, I can't remember if it was six months or eighteen months, but something like that. There weren't very many like rules, which can be good and bad. Um, the The bad part of it is that it's um, it's hard to get people to say yes, and I think that's. Um, that's something that's like difficult to deal with when you need to go get health permits and they don't really have well-established rules for how food trucks are supposed to be designed and what the process is for getting the permit. Um, you kind of like get, um, you know, pushed away a lot and, um, you have to be pretty diligent to, um, to get all that information and you're taking a lot of risks about, um, whether what you do, like when you build a truck is going to be okay because there aren't, um, there aren't those standards um, that, that can make that stuff easier down the road. Um, you know, now there are, there's like a very clear like permitting um, roadmap for Boston and you can see exactly what you need to do. And I think the timing's pretty well established. And there's um, a, you know, a great like lottery program to, um, to dole out sites. And I think that it's, um, all that stuff's a lot like clearer than it was um, six years ago. The, um, I guess it's seven years ago now. The downside now is that there's so many trucks that there aren't many spots available, and um, food trucks are probably like a little less exciting. Um, I think that we 
you know, maybe our first year, probably by our second year, the food truck trend had like really hit in Boston and food trucks were really exciting to people. And I think we got a lot of, um, a lot of buzz and a lot of, you know, press and business just because of like that, that growing trend, which was really great for us as a, as a small company. And it really, um, you know, helped, um, you know, help kickstart our business. And I think that now probably the biggest worry I see, and, you know, we have several like former employees who have opened up trucks and also like, um, you know, I've gotten to know some new, um, some of the new trucks and some of the owners. And I think the challenge is, um, is that it's really hard to get enough business now and to get enough attention to, to be successful. So, um, when we started, that wasn't the problem. The problem was like figuring out how to do stuff and like getting all the permits and getting all the operations. And there weren't places to fix generators and there weren't places to, uh, you know, like commissaries to do your cooking. And like none of that infrastructure was there. Um, and now the problem is that it's just you can't get enough spots from, from the city of Boston to operate. All the like good programs like the Greenway or Harvard are, are full um, and so I think a lot of the trucks kind of like are successful f- or like, um, come in and they operate for a year, or maybe two years and, and seem to cycle out a lot more, which is, you know, which is unfortunate because I think a lot of those concepts are really interesting. Um, but they're just like kind of everything's taken. I see. So it seems like not particularly, but the food truck uh, glitz and glamour is dying out. So I guess in that case, how are you trying to make your business easier? constantly evolve what are some of the next plans as you know the ceo of this company yeah so that's certainly um you know i'd say like um so we have seven restaurants now um we um we opened up our fifth we opened up four in 2015 um including our fifth in december and then we opened up two um last summer and fall so um we're definitely as much a restaurant company now as a food truck company. And, um, you know, I think for us, 2015 into 2016, we're like great. And I think since then, um, so the last kind of year and a half now, we've seen more competition come in. And, um, I think a lot of that's actually been driven on the, by the restaurant side rather than the truck side. Um, the truck and I, I think the truck kind of like scene got pretty well saturated maybe even as early as 2014 um but what we really see now is a lot of fast casual restaurants um coming in like sweet green or tate um you know there are a lot of new ones too um that have you know that have that have a lot of money and they're like moving into you know nice spots downtown and they have like you know, great marketing and they have like well-tested products and it's, um, you know, and they're really hitting a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the things that people want now. And so that's, that's made the environment a lot more challenging. You know, a lot more, um, lunch places downtown or in Harvard square than there were a few years ago. So we've been, we've been talking a lot about that. And I think, um, you know, especially in the last, um, in the last year we've been working on, on changes, um, the most um, the most notable one is we're doing a pretty big menu change, um, and we've started working on that over the last couple months. And um, really, what we're doing is we're acknowledging that um, that what we did, like maybe you know five years ago, was like kind of ahead of its time in terms of like having salads, having bowls, having fresh vegetables, having whole grains, and a lot of that like 
there weren't a lot of people doing that then. Um, but now everybody's doing that. And so, um, that's, that's certainly like, um, dipped into like the, both the excitement around our brand and also just like our sales and how, um, kind of novel we are. And so, um, we're, we're changing up our menu, you know, pretty meaningfully. And, um, one of our rest, our newest restaurant, which is in East Cambridge, um, we're, uh, we've been kind of thinking about it internally as our test kitchen, and we're going to actually, um, about the beginning of April, we're going to roll that out kind of officially, and that's mm-hmm. going to be the Bonmi test kitchen, and that's going to have our new menu. Mm-hmm. Um, so the new menu is going to have, um, you know, currently basically our menu is like a, like a pick your own. You pick a, you know, a dish, mm-hmm. which has some of the components that come with it, but then you also um, get a choice of, of protein. You get a choice of sauce in many cases, choice of like brown rice or white rice. And we're going to move away from that framework. I think what we've, um, what we've observed is a lot of, a lot of our competition is doing more of like a, like a composed dishes. And that's something that, um, you know, though this framework has worked really well for us, Allie's always our chef, Allison, has always been um, uh, a little bit regretful that we had this framework because she never really got to, like, pick what people should eat. Um, you know, because as a chef, she has all these great food ideas, um, you know, but, you know, our menu doesn't really let her exercise that because people get to come and, like, pick this protein and that sauce and um, it's not the combination that she's interested in or that, that she thinks is best. So we're going to be um, introducing a set of... Um, what we're going to call chef-crafted dishes. I'm always curious as someone who's looking out and someone, or someone who's looking out um, in, into your company, but also like potentially for people who are interested in this food business. And since you're, you have a lot of experience in this um, area and expertise, what are some things you would, you know, advice you would give to people who are interested in starting their own company, restaurant, food truck, um, some things just to know before yeah, the food truck is a great, um, can be a great way to get started. I think that um, when we got started, I don't think we had a good sense of who our customers would be. And um, starting with a food truck lets you move around and um, and pick, um, uh, you know, and like find the right customers and find the right location. I think, um, you know, kind of knowing what I know now, I have a better sense of like what, um, you know, like what, how a certain concept might do with different types of customers, but that's a hard thing to do until you've like had that, um, had that experience. So, um, I think a food truck can be a great bet. It's also, um, operationally challenging. And so that has to be, um, that has to be something that you're like able and willing to, to deal with basically is just like generators breaking and, um, pipes freezing and everything else. So I think that, um, the truck certainly like brings some benefits, but also has has its own challenges. 